This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to Culture Code. Our guest today is the Chief People Officer of 10X Genomics, Dr. Rebecca Port. Rebecca, welcome. And where are you joining from today? Hey, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm based in Pleasanton, California. Ah, of course, our listeners would not have guessed that from your accent. They probably aren't (laughs) hearing Pleasanton. And normally I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I'm in San Jose for the month. So I don't think we're too far from each other. Oh, yeah. I know people in the life sciences industry and the science industry certainly know of 10X Genomics, but for our listeners who aren't familiar with your company, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what you do, how big the company is. Yeah, so 10X Genomics is a life sciences company. We have around 1,200 employees across the world working tirelessly to accelerate the mastery of biology to advance human health. So we've built an innovation engine that has produced over 25 groundbreaking products that help researchers and pharmaceutical companies understand biology in new ways. And so our products have been really instrumental in helping understand numerous breakthroughs in biology. So oncology, neuroscience, immunology, and really understanding health and disease in a different way. And so we have machines, instruments, uh, consumables, and software that really researchers use to advance the science and and understand biology. Now, we're here today to talk about your great uh, company culture. And people often struggle when they think about culture. Like we often know great culture when we see it, but can't always put it into words. But I'm going to challenge you to do so. Um, So how would you describe your culture to an outsider? Yeah, you know, I think about culture as what people do when no one is watching. And I think it's really the way you live culture is through the decisions that you make. And so often people want to describe culture in a few words, but culture isn't words on a wall. It's really much, much more complex than that. And so a couple of years ago, we actually wrote out a five-page document about our culture And when we presented that to the organization, most people said, you know, can't we have a strap line? You know, how can we put this on the wall? And it was very purposeful that we didn't want to do that because I think when you reduce culture down to strap lines or words, it actually takes away the nuance and it makes it harder to live and breathe it. Having said that, there are a couple of core principles to our culture. So we are incredibly mission-driven. We strive to have exponential impact in everything that we do. We are very first principled. We put we before me, and we believe that exceptional talent delivers outsized results. You see me scribbling so many notes. And in fact, one of my first books was called We. So I love the the, the sentiment behind that. So you covered a lot, and that's not going to happen by itself. Like great culture is is not accidental. And so tell us a little bit, like, how are you how are you making sure the new joiners are getting it? How do you make sure even the tenured people are remembering it and living it? How are you sustaining that culture? Yeah, so I think firstly, the culture document. So we we send this out to all people that are aspiring to join the organization and are candidates. And as we wrote that document, part of culture will always be aspirational, but it was written in an intentional way of how do we operate? And it was meant to be a sort of a a warts and all kind of presentation. So 
that during our recruitment process, people can opt in, you know, so for example, we openly say 10X is a really intense place to work. We move really quickly. We work really hard. And we do that because for every moment we lose, there are lives lost as we pursue our our really ambitious mission. And that's not for everybody. And so there's a a kind of, is this what you want? So we have a sort of a self-selection bias. We also, we talk about in the culture document, this sort of exceptional talent delivers outsized results. And so to do that, we have a really high hiring bar and we select against our culture. We select for collaboration. We select for that drive and passion. We have all of our candidates deliver a presentation, regardless of the level in the organization. The CEO reviews every single hire that we make and all interviews are are panel interviews. And so we hire slowly to make sure that we are hiring the best people. And the question that we ask every single hiring manager to consider is, are you hiring, is this person the top 1% of people in the world that could do this job? And if the answer isn't yes, then we shouldn't make the hire. And so by selecting for culture fit and by keeping that bar really high, it helps us really ingrain the culture throughout the organization. Just for the listeners out there, I want to highlight something because I do a lot of these interviews and very often... The only thing the person talks about is notable, you know, training programs and things of that nature. And you focused on how much intention is spent in the recruiting and and selection and the hiring. And in fact, there's um, Jim Collins, author, Good to Great. You know, he's even kind of extreme and says, you don't really change culture, you hire culture. You know, you figure out what you're looking for, what you want, and people like kind of have that or they don't. And so for your bar, you know, in in top 1%, like this is really notable. And you also said something that stood out, which is that it's not for everybody. You know, great culture doesn't mean a culture everyone would want to join and be part of. It's going to repel an equal number as it attracts. And that's the way it should be, right? Yeah, absolutely. I often think about kind of organizational culture as the same as kind of national culture. You know, national cultures have stood the test of time. And although there may be evolutions in them, they don't change drastically. And I think the same is true for organizational cultures. Unless you are literally exiting the entire workforce and hiring a completely new one, I think that cultures are pretty sticky and not everybody is going to enjoy every single culture. And that's okay. Your relationship with your work is like your relationship with other relationships you have in your life. And not every one of those works out. Yeah, that's right. Now, I am going to turn to sort of development and support of existing team members, specifically managers, because, you know, Gallup research suggests that 70% of the variance in employee engagement comes from who your manager is. So you can join a great company and maybe leave if you don't have such a great boss. And so frontline managers are supporting more people than anyone else. And yet you're not a really large company. You know, I I talk to others who have like, oh, we got 20 people working on leadership development and all this stuff. So I'm curious, a company your size, what are you doing to support the frontline managers? Yeah, I couldn't agree more on the criticality of frontline managers. I think they are absolutely pivotal in the employee experience. And we've all worked for those managers that make our jobs so joyful and impactful and make us want to do more and come in every day. And then Many of us have also had the the reverse experience of that. And so we, over the last 12 months, have really leaned into our people managers. And what we've looked at is looked at the entire ecosystem surrounding them. So 
We have developed a, a manager training, which is called Manager Excellence, really focusing on helping managers coach and develop and have conversations and give feedback to their team, both in, in terms of a positive, but also developmental uh, setting. We've then looked at how do we create community across people managers? Because actually, it's often really useful to have a peer that you speak to that you can say, how do I deal with this issue? Are you, are you finding this? I've got this difficult conversation. This person wants to get promoted and they're quite not ready. What do I do about it? And so we've set up manager forums where people can come together or managers can come together and talk through issues. And they may be issues of the day. And we may be talking about communicating compensation because it's that part of the year, or it may just be that this is a, a random topic that people want to talk about. We've got a monthly manager digest that I send out to um, all people managers. Within it has a, a read, do, watch section. And this is, again, it may be topics that were coming up to our biannual conversations. Make sure you read the guide and make sure you have those. Or it may be, hey, I read this really interesting article and I want to share it with you all. And so we've really looked at how we bring managers together and how we have this continual cadence to help them develop and hone their skills. One thing I like about this idea of the manager digest, read, do, watch, the number one issue in the benchmark report we did last year is that you know, everybody says they want to grow and develop, but then you offer them a training program and nobody shows up. <laughs> I'm too busy, right? So this idea of you know, Josh Burson talks about moving the training into the flow of work, moving development into the flow of work. But it doesn't mean you need like a fancy platform or an expensive thing. It can be as simple as the monthly communication with some links that go to some relevant things bite size in the flow of work and not necessarily very uh, expensive, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I also think that feedback is the best development tool that anybody will ever get. And I don't think people often realize that. And so I completely agree. Our employees all want more opportunities for growth. They all want more development. And I do believe that feedback is the best development anyone will ever get. So making sure that our managers are equipped to give great feedback and are willing to do so and recognize the importance of that has been pivotal driving force in what we've done around managers. Tell me when it comes to getting feedback on your culture or just, you know, employee experience, how are you capturing employee voice, as most people call it these days? Again, a number of ways and looking at the kind of the full ecosystem. I think having a culture and having leaders who strive to get feedback, who are willing to get feedback, who want feedback, who appreciate feedback is the starting point and are able to demonstrate, oh, I heard this and therefore I'm changing and doing this. And so I think making sure that everybody across the organization realizes that it's their responsibility to listen to feedback, but also give feedback. Like if you see something that's not working at 10X, we want to hear from you, even if it's well outside of your you know, swim lane or, or responsibility. And so we have instituted feedback training for all employees. A large part of that is encouraging employees to ask for feedback again mm -hmm. on themselves, but also just embedding this culture of feedback. We've got biannual conversations where managers can give feedback to employees, what's working well, what's not working well, what are the opportunities for growth. 
we bring managers together. We don't have formal performance ratings. We bring managers together to do performance differentiation so that not single point decisions. And again, this feedback is flowing around feedback on individuals. So the feedback ecosystem on individual feedback is is something that's really strong. And then when we look at the organization and the organizational culture, we've really leaned into you know some of the more formal ways like uh, we have two employee surveys every single year um, we've also inspired by Ted Lasso have a suggestion box and so we answered a suggestion box and we said you know you can tell us anything you can either do this anonymously or you can leave your name and we've had in the last six months over 200 suggestions and we've committed to responding to every single one of those. It's an open, ongoing Google document. So you can go back and see what people have suggested and see how we've responded. And sometimes it's you know small things like, can we have bike locks? Yes, of course. We've now got places people can lock up their bike. But sometimes it's, hey, this process doesn't work. Can we dive deep into this process? Or I've got a suggestion around a product and and how this should work. And we've been able to direct people so that their feedback feels like they're being heard. Well, I mean, so much good stuff is critical. The power of feedback and the fact that you're getting 200 people or 200 comments and people participating shows like they are engaged. Just the fact that they're taking the time. I had an old boss who said, Kevin, you know, don't be mad when your employees are quote unquote complaining. That means they care. You need to worry when they stop complaining (laughs) and not saying feedback boxes are complaints, but just the fact that everyone is so engaged with it is a remarkable metric. I think, again, it goes back to our culture. I mean, and role modeling that. Personally, I hold listening circles or coffee chats whenever I go and travel to another office and, you know, what's working? What do we need to do more of? And listening to the employee voice. One of the things I love about 10X is that Nothing is unchangeable. Nothing is so embedded that we wouldn't change it. And, you know, we never say, well, it is what it is. And actually nothing is what it is. If something isn't working, it's in our best interest to make it work. And so we want to hear about that. It's great. Now, as you know, this is a short format podcast. We only have a few minutes left, but I want a couple of sort of fun questions for me. You'd imagine if you could mail every colleague a copy of a book or some other piece of media and they promised that they would read it. They would definitely read it. What would you send them? I would send them Sean Aker's Big Potential. We recently have um, rebuilt our employee value proposition around the science of happiness. And I think the science of happiness is so fascinating because it's largely misunderstood and that people think I will be happy when I'm successful or when I get that pay rise or that promotion. And actually the reverse is true. Happiness is shown to impact basically every measure of success, whether it's doctors making better diagnosis, salespeople outselling their unhappy counterparts, taking less sit days, being promoted, being paid more. And so I really believe that if we can get employees to be happier, they will be more successful and more productive. And the thing I love about Sean Aker's more recent book is a lot of the research on happiness looks at kind of what can I do at an individual level to make me happier, meditate, spend time in nature, listen to music, all of those sorts of things. Whereas actually this book is really about how do you have a multiplying effect on the happiness around you? How do you come together? And again, this notion of connectivity and connection 
to really amplify the happiness, not only of yourself, but of all of those around you. And what you find is this like positive reinforcing cycle. And I just love that concept. And so I think if we could get all employees bought into the fact that they can be happiness nodes and multiply happiness across not only the organization, but you know their, their entire communities, I think it would be really wonderful. Well, it's important work. And and I you know scribbled that note because I'm a fan of his first book and have not read that book yet. And um, I've uh, often written about the research of the spillover and crossover effect of, you know, our emotions at work spill over to home and cross over to our family members and vice versa. And so I think like you're doing God's work if you can create a culture that makes people happier when they go home into their families and their communities, they're better neighbors. You know, it's just it's all one thing. It's just life, yeah. right? Yeah, I totally agree. So a kind of a similar question, if I gave you a magic wand, you know, think about everything that's going on in your organization today, what you're trying to accomplish in the year ahead. You've got a magic wand and you could wave it and all the 10Xers, I'm hearing you call them, all the 10Xers are a little better at this particular skill or behavior. What would you want that to be for them? I would want it to be growth mindset. I think that part of driving happiness is this resiliency. It's about learning from mistakes and it's really about how you approach things. And so if I could enhance the growth mindset across everyone, I I think we'd end up with that, again, the multiplier effect. Maybe you could send the second book from uh, Carol Dweck or something like that on growth mindset then. (laughs) With everything that's going on these days, what do you find most exciting about 10X Genomics right now? I mean, it goes back to our mission. You know, our tools have revolutionized the way that we diagnose and treat and ultimately cure disease. You know, I believe that 10X is going to help make cancer a thing of the past. And I am just so excited about, you know, as we over the next few years get to the clinic and and not just with 10X, but as a world get to personalized medicine and things like that. I think that I can't help but feel excited about the work that we do. Bex, on that note, first, thanks for the work that you do and the impact you're making on the world. Um, thanks for the culture you're creating and the impact you're having on families. And um, we're talking on a Friday. So thanks for taking time out of a Friday to share some of your best practices with your colleagues. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, likewise, Kevin, I really appreciate your time too. This has been really fun. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Sineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office-hour-style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org. Thank you.